0: when I think to like the people that I know or I see as good designers they are the people that are always talking about it and always sharing interesting articles and sharing like work in progress along the way you know these are people that are fully invested and are constantly talking about it so I think that that's really important if you want to be seen that way. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. Today we're going to
1: talk about positioning and identifying yourself as a designer. So this one has two parts, like kind of like has two meanings. So we're going to talk about deciding what kind of designer you want to be and then also letting the world know that you're that type of designer, like how you project that to the world. First, though, our side project check-in. So how have you been going lately, Fem? I know
0: you've been away back home in New Zealand. So how have your side projects been going? Yeah, I just recently got back from sort of a month-long trip to both New Zealand and the United States. I was in San Francisco for the last week, and I just got back yesterday, so caught up on a little bit of sleep, and now I am ready to go and catch up on a lot of side project work that... Kind of started slipping behind a little bit, but I'm kind of okay with it because I got to spend some really nice time with my family and catch up with some of my friends and my workmates, so I've had a good time away, but I'm looking forward to getting stuck back into side project life. (laughs) That stuff's important too, and I have to say that I'm impressed with your hustle that you got
1: back from like a long-haul flight yesterday, and you're up early this morning to record this episode.
0: Commitment, commitment, you know? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But what about you? How have you been for January? Because it's been... Actually, I don't think we've really caught up at all this month, so it's been a little while since we had this check-in. How have you been? It's been going good. I've decided this year,
1: actually, to set a different focus for each month, and that's really helped with my... like you know, like kind of scattered brain that I get at times when there's so much to do and like, Uh you know, where to start. So my focus for January has been trying to build up a buffer with my videos. So trying to get ahead so I'm not like recording and editing and uploading the video in the same week that it goes live. So that's been my plan and it's given me something to focus on. So that's been good.
0: Have you had video buffers in the past or have you always kind of been like recording it, you know, on, on the week? I've had a few
1: weeks in advance every now and then when I, you know, was super on top of things. But I don't know, there's something about a buffer for me that I get a few videos ahead and then I think, oh, great, I don't have to record anything for the next two weeks. Yeah. When really what you have to do is keep going at the same pace so that
0: you can stay ahead. Exactly. That's the thing with buffers, right, is that, you you know, you get a bit ahead and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm so ahead, I can relax now. But actually the point of a buffer is not to get so ahead so that you can then like take it easy the point is to get ahead and then keep that momentum going so that you always have a buffer which is yeah that's the hard part of it
1: yeah so yeah this month's been good for getting over that sort of like weird mental block I had about a buffer so it's good
0: cool well January's almost over so next week you'll have to tell us about your February focus (laughs) yes okay I shall (laughs) So today's topic, as you said, is positioning and identifying yourself as a designer. And so, Charlie, I feel like you've gone through a few different types of areas of design, like as you've grown as a designer from when you started back in high school to where you are now as more of a you know, marketing web designer. So maybe it'd be good if you could start with where you started and how you sort of got to what kind of designer you are now. I like that idea. Okay. So when I first started learning
1: design, I thought that I wanted to be an advertising designer. And that makes me laugh now to think about now that I know <laughs> sort of more about what the advertising industry is like and how much it would just would not suit me and you know, my working style whatsoever. But that's what I wanted to do. I really admired the big advertising companies like Saatchi and Saatchi. Mm-hmm. And that was like my dream place to work. But then at university, I did a bit of advertising design and realized that it just wasn't for me. Like the pace of it and the, I don't know, there was a lot of sketching involved is what I mainly remember. And I'm not a big fan of drawing. (laughs) I'm not good at drawing. So that's probably what put me off. Then I sort of started moving more towards print design, yeah, towards graphics. And then I just changed tack again and decided that I wanted to do motion graphics because I really liked moving typography And then I decided that wouldn't really be like a career I wanted to do. I just enjoyed doing it like for fun more so. So I moved back to print design. And then a couple of years ago, I decided that the future of design is more on the web. It's more digital. So I made that change and now I
0: do web design. So it has been a bit of a roller coaster. And do you feel like during your study, you got to touch on each of those areas or do you feel self-taught in some of those I definitely can thank my studies
1: for touching on all of those areas. The great thing about my degree is that it was quite general Bachelor of Design and then you could major in many different types of visual communication design. So I got to try out a few different things, which was awesome through papers there and yeah I really get to see what I would like because I'm glad that I didn't end up in advertising that's for sure
0: yeah that's the sort of cool part about study is that you do get the opportunity to try different areas and different avenues of design so if you're like unsure then at least you get to try a few different ones and see what you really like yeah
1: so how did you decide what type of design you wanted to do I think you've been doing uh, having a digital focus ever since you started right
0: yeah. So I was kind of similar to you in that I first was sort of attracted to the advertising world and that was during my marketing degree. And I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? Like we did focus a lot on marketing and advertising in in that degree. And so that's where I sort of got my first glimpse into design and, and how that fits into advertising. But then, same as you. So then, I I started going to Messy. Oh no, actually, before that, I started self-teaching myself, and you know, learning the learning the design software, etc., and chatting to designers and reading blogs and whatnot. And through that, I kind of was opened up to digital design because this was a few years ago when like you know, digital design and the web was like really hitting hard. And so that was what most people were talking about. And so naturally that's kind of what I started learning. And then I went to Massey and quite a bit of that was print focus, but there were also a couple of papers that I did that were digital focus. So I did one that was uh, app design and then another one that was websites. And so I kind of found that that was like where my mojo was and I really enjoyed that area. And then when I started freelancing which was on the side of my study, a lot of the initial projects I got in were print focused. Interesting. At this stage I wasn't like I hadn't focused my area much, so I kind of took on the print projects but worked on the web projects like on the side, but now after a couple of years I've really decided to focus more on web and digital design. Isn't it funny how we've both sort of gone through, you know, that roller coaster
1: of different types of design and, you know, disciplines that we've wanted to work in. I actually wonder, um, anyone listening, if you want to share your story, like, you know, your history with the types of design you've done, that'd be awesome to hear. So send us a tweet. We're at design Life FM. So within your process, Fem, when did you start calling yourself a designer? I'm really interested to know, you know, when you felt like you're at a level
0: that you were a
1: designer now?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. And it actually takes me back to probably must be now about 2 years ago when i actually was asking myself this question i was asking myself am i a designer and at what point do you start calling your designer or am i just an amateur am i just a design student you know what what actually am i and it's it's hard trying to sort of identify yourself and i remember putting a tweet out and i should actually like scroll back and see if i can find it uh, but I remember putting a tweet out a couple of years ago asking other people, at what point do you call yourself a designer? And I remember our good friend Jay, who worked at Zero, he replied to that tweet and he said that he felt like a designer as soon as he got paid for it. Interesting. So he felt like once he got paid for doing design work. That's when he truly identified as a designer. And this was a couple years ago, so he may may feel completely different now, but I should see if I can go back and find that. And so that really got me thinking at the time of, yeah, okay, that that kind of makes sense. And at this stage, I hadn't gotten paid yet. I hadn't started freelance work. And so that sort of then became my next goal. I thought, okay, well, I need to get paid for this. So I need to start freelancing or I should look into getting a design gig or something. And so then I started doing that. And I do remember getting my first ever pay for a piece of freelance work that I did and sitting there and thinking, I'm a designer now. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It, and, and I'm not saying that that's true. Like, I'm not saying that you do have to get paid for it to be a designer. But for me, that's kind of the, kind of the realisation in the moment that I really believed in and felt like I was a designer. Yeah, totally. I think it's that
1: you were a designer before then, but you didn't feel like one until you know someone had paid you for your work. That that makes sense. I think that's totally understandable. I think that's actually just made me think about when I first decided to call myself a designer, and I didn't think about it being in relation to being paid for it. But I think that I first felt like a designer when I started selling t-shirts. So when I started my apparel company, which was I think it was in, like, my third year of university, possibly. So as soon as I put work out there that people said they wanted to buy and then I, you know, was organizing ways to get it printed on T-shirts and then to the stage where I was shipping off orders, that felt like it made it feel real for me and it made it feel like, okay, something I've created is now going to be worn by someone else. And, you know, that's pretty cool and I must be, you know, a designer now because otherwise people wouldn't want my stuff.
0: Yeah. I think it's that feeling of putting something out in the world and getting a positive response from it. Yeah, totally. I I think
1: it might too come down to maybe you feel like you're a designer when you solve someone's problem because design Mm -hmm. is problem solving. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's what we do when we answer briefs. And even though my, you know, problem in quote quotation marks was just someone wanted a T-shirt with a lyric on it. You know, that's what I solved. But for you, I think you know, working on a client project, it would totally make sense if you know problem solving is what helps you feel like a designer.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting too, right? Because I, when I took on that client work, I obviously didn't feel like a designer, but my client already saw me as a designer. You know, yes. so it's not just about what you feel but it's also about how, how you project yourself and then other people's perception of that as well. Totally. What
1: do you think you were doing online at the time that um, made your clients see you as a designer like
0: how are you positioning yourself online? At that time I was putting up a lot of hand lettering work. Cool. And this this first client project was a hand lettering piece and so they kind of saw me putting out lots of lettering work through my Instagram and on Twitter and talking about lettering and you know then obviously they they saw me as a designer that way or or at least as a someone into hand lettering and had that skill. So that's that's sort of where it started for me is sort of positioning myself as a hand lettering artists, I suppose, but I've obviously come quite a long way since then. That's cool, though. It just goes to show how
1: sharing your work, even, you know, in the beginning stages when you're still learning, is a good thing to do
0: because it does help build up your profile. Yeah, so I'm interested to hear about how you position yourself online because you do quite a lot of stuff that, you know, I know that you call yourself a YouTuber and a designer and a blogger, etc., and How do you make that sort of all come together? Like, how do you position yourself online? Well, I think it's only been recently that I've decided
1: what type of client work I want to do. So now I'm sort of like trying to start building up, you know, my positioning towards that. And I'll come to that in a second. But I think for me online, it's mostly been being passionate about design and talking about design issues and, you know, standing up for the design industry, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing is, is what I've been talking about. Like, I don't necessarily clarify myself as a web designer online most of the time. I don't know why, to be honest. It's just, I don't know, not something I ever felt like I needed to do, perhaps because I wasn't actively seeking client work. But uh, this year, I really want to try and start getting into doing more client work for the music industry. So working with bands or you know venues, anything like that on graphics or web work. So I've been talking about music a lot more lately, and I'm going to be putting out a project that I'm working on at the moment that's an infographic of my music listening for 2015. So I just want to start doing little designy bits that are connected to music so that hopefully I can sort of align those you know, two passions of mine. Yeah, that's cool. So you've kind of got a bit of a strategy there in a way. Yeah, I guess so. And it's not like it's difficult to like stick to either because I love design and I love music. So yeah. naturally, those are both the things that I talk about a lot.
0: Yeah, totally. And how long are you anticipating that you have to position yourself that way before you start seeing any results from that?
1: Well, uh, Femke and I are both part of the Sean Wears community and I think there's an episode on this possibly or something that we'll link to where he says that you have to stick with something for two years before you start seeing results like you've got to put in the time. I'm hoping that it won't take that long for me because I have already got an audience but who knows I'm you know I'm happy to just stick with it and like I said those are both things that I like talking about anyway so combining them makes sense
0: yeah it's it's interesting that you say talking about it as opposed to identifying yourself that way and so what i mean by that is some people for example like a twitter bio some people will say whatever whatever the however they position themselves So they might say like computer geek or like into anime or or whatever you know yeah. but then they might not not necessarily talk about that stuff but for you it sounds like you're more taking the sort of direction of you want to talk a lot about that stuff not just say that you're this if that makes
1: sense yeah and I think also I don't feel like I can say like I'm you know a merch designer or you know a designer for the music industry or whatever because I'm not yeah I've done a few projects that are music related but I don't feel like I've solved
0: people's problems enough in that yet to you know identify myself as it. So it sounds like if I'm correct, your advice to someone that wants to position themselves as something different than what they currently are is to start talking about that thing. Is that right? Definitely. I think, for
1: example, if you are, maybe maybe you're not doing any client work yet, like let's you know go back to basics and you are a learning design and you want to be you know, feel like you're a designer and you want to get some client projects yeah. like the position you were in. I think it's the best thing to do is start sharing design work, you know, like you did share your progress, share design articles, talk about, you know, things related to yeah. the industry that you want to work in and people will start to think of you as a part of it, I think.
0: Yeah. And when I think to like the people that I know or I see as good designers, they are the people that are always talking about it and always sharing interesting articles and sharing like work in progress along the way you know these are people that are fully invested and are constantly talking about it so I think that that's really important if you want to be seen that way Definitely. That's, that's a really great point. I think maybe in the show notes, I want to
1: leave links to a few of my favourite designers to follow on Twitter. Yeah, same. Who post really good articles. Let's do that. Yeah. So check out the show notes on designlife.fm slash episode 11 and you will see them. Perfect. I want to go back to that question of when did you first start calling yourself a designer? We asked our Twitter followers this. We tweeted out asking, when did you first start identifying as a designer? And we had some really interesting responses that were all quite mixed. So I want to read a few out because some of them were quite inspiring too. Boha tweeted that he first identified himself as a designer when he realized that he was able to create a brand's identity. So that's kind of cool, like having that moment of realization.
0: Yeah, that realization that I can do it and put something out.
1: Yeah. Aoi said that, It was when she did research on creativity and realized that she'd been a designer in her teens, but never had the guts to embrace it. So it sounds like, you know, like I was saying with you, you were a designer all along, but you didn't actually feel like you were until, you know, a client came along and paid you for it. Yeah. It sounds like she had a moment of realization as well, which is cool. Yeah, totally. I think that's super cool. Jay Fisher said that they identified as a designer when they found themselves putting more work into the layout and look of some of their high school homework than the actual
0: content, which is really interesting. So it sounds like they're getting started early. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's quite cool to sometimes look back on some of your stuff and see like the big or like like the little seeds, you know, that, that were planted back then. And then you look back now and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like I was so creative back then. It makes sense now that I'm into design.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that too because when I was in high school, I actually – like it took me a while. It wasn't till the – maybe like second to last year of high school, I decided I wanted to do design. Before that, I thought I might want to do something completely different and be a meteorologist. Oh my gosh, wow. Yep, I really liked the weather. I was obsessed. So like whenever I make small talk about the weather, I'm not just making small talk, I'm actually interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> but I then I looked back, you know, like a few years ago, I decided to look back on, you know, when did I actually, where did this creativity come from? And I was remembering how I used to make little magazines of my own, like by folding together some A4 paper and cutting bits out of other magazines and, you know, arranging them on the page. So I was basically like typesetting, you know, (laughs) but I was just, you know, like making collages and, you know, organizing the structure of the magazine and like which bits would come before each other.
0: Really nerdy pastime for a child, but you know, obviously that led to my interest in design. Yeah, no, that's cool. I have something similar that my preschool teachers told me later in life. Oh, (laughs) do share. Apparently I would do like the the math work or the the spelling or or whatever, you know, whatever's on the sheet. Uh, And then I, I would do that sort of as quickly as possible and then turn the page over and just grab the colouring and pencils and colour in on the back. Aww. Yeah, so I would basically do the work quickly so that I could get onto colouring, <laughs> which is so, super cute. It's so funny <laughs> to look back now and, yeah, realise that that's probably like an early seed right there.
1: Definitely. That's kind of cool, right, to think that, you know, we're sort of meant to do this all along. Yeah. So, so we talked about our, like, you know, journey we went through to find the field of design that we wanted to work in. But I want to know, how do you how did you find your niche? Like, how did you decide exactly what type of web design, you know, what type of clients you wanted to work with?
0: That's a super good question, and it's something that I'm still working on defining. And so, as I said earlier, I used to take on a lot of different kind of client work, whether it be print or branding or web or apparel or lettering, you know, whatever. And it's only really in the last year that I sort of decided to focus a bit more and to sort of identify a niche and really go for that area and really specialize. And I'm still, I'm still figuring that out. Like I know that my area of design is like digital stuff, but I don't see that as a niche. So a niche to me is more what type of audience I want or like the, the specific type of clients that I would like to work with yeah I agree and I sort of have an idea in my head of who that is but I haven't yet figured out how to target those people or or how to make that apparent what that niche is so it's something that I'm still trying to figure out as I go at the moment can I tell you what I
1: think I see your niches from looking at your website yeah please do that will be interesting to hear so from what I see from your work, I feel like you work with small businesses, you know, smaller companies to bring, you know, their website to life and mm-hmm. give it a special touch and make them stand out because within small businesses, there's a lot of competition.
0: So that's where I see, you know, you solving their problems. Well, well, that's good that you say that because that, that is kind of the area that I want to target more is small businesses, you know, not like these huge giant corporations or, or whatever, but definitely the sort of smaller family run businesses. That That's really the area that I do want to work in. But yeah, as I said, I'm still trying to figure out how to actually reach those people because quite often those people are so busy running their own business that mm-hmm. they're not online, you know, because they they don't have the time to read my twitter feed or my blog or whatever, yeah. you know? Like they they're not looking for that stuff. So, I'm still in that stage of figuring out how to actually reach those people. That's cool though. It sounds like you know where you want to head at least. So, that's a good thing. And I guess for you, you're sort of focusing on a new niche, right? Of like in the music industry or or not? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's new for me because I feel like
1: several years ago when I was designing lyric T-shirts, which as I know now is probably like a legal gray area. So I've stopped, you know, doing that and selling things with lyrics on. (laughs) But back then I was more connected to like music and design than I am now. And like, I remember in university, I would always try and bring music into every assignment that I did. I would try and find a way to like make it music related. I'm sure that was very frustrating for my tutors. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I sort of moved away from that and I really want to move back into it in my spare time
0: with my client work that I do. So that's the goal. I feel like there's a potential future episode here on finding your niche and, and finding clients. What do you think? I think definitely that we should do that. I feel like you'd have a lot of advice to share on
1: that in particular because you have worked with quite a few clients within that, you know, small business niche that you
0: said you were aiming for. So if anyone has any questions that you'd like us to touch on in that future episode, just send us an email designlifepodcast at gmail.com and we'll answer them on air yes please do so we put out another tweet that we thought was relevant to this episode and we asked our Twitter followers how did you choose which field of design you wanted to be in and our good friend Holly who she goes to Massey in Wellington she said I just wanted any job that was in the design industry and now I'm a UX and UI designer and I've fallen in love with it how cool is that Yeah, I think that's awesome. You know, falling into the type of job that is just perfect for you is everyone's dream, right? Yeah, that's quite lucky, but it's also so awesome for her. Brooks said that he loved animation when he was younger and knowing that he wanted some part of it, he worked in an animation studio and then learned that it was actually character design that he was into. That's very cool because I feel like perhaps uh,
1: to start with when he was younger, he didn't know character design was an actual thing, you Mm, know? Yeah. You know, animation was in general. And then as you get more into it, you can realize like the niche within your niche. Yeah, almost. exactly.
0: Exactly. That's super cool. Aaron said after learning the basics, he found that he wasn't really interested in visual design and that he also wasn't that interested in code. But then he started learning web design because he wanted a job that he could do on a laptop.
1: <laughs> I love that, Aaron.
0: <laughs> There are lots of other jobs, Aaron, that you could have done (laughs) just to be on a laptop.
1: But now, uh, just a quick shout out here. We know Aaron from the Wiz community and he has an awesome podcast that's helped us out loads. It's called The Podcast Dude and it's all about, you know, starting and running a great podcast. We've got lots of advice from it. So maybe you should go check him out because now he's found a job that he's really good at and he can do on a laptop.
0: So good. Brent said that he naturally discovered freelancing while in school. He chose to risk it and go full-time after graduating and has stuck with it ever since. That is so cool. Yeah, to take that risk,
1: it's a scary thing, but it's it's awesome that he did it and it paid off. Brent's doing a lot of really great work with, uh, he works with a lot of bands on merch design. So I very much look up to him for his work and what he achieves.
0: Yeah, I wonder what he means by naturally discovered freelancing while in school. Uh, You know, I wonder if he was approached by people, if he was already putting work out Mm. then, or if he just sort of fell into it some other way. Be interesting. That's
1: really interesting. Brent, if you're listening
0: to this, please let us know.
1: Yeah, tweet us. We'll retweet it. Sarah said that she fell into web design due to her first job out of school and then started her own business after growing up with entrepreneurial parents. I think it's really interesting that a couple of these tweets we've got have talked about falling into the field that they wanted to be in. And I kind of feel that too, like I sort of fell into my first job and then it you know has led me ever since. I don't know what it is about that and I'm sure that all of us who think that we've fallen into something you know we haven't just fallen we've all done things specifically that have helped us get those jobs but it is interesting how we look back on them as just you know things falling into place. Yeah totally and
0: I feel like I can't quite identify with that as much because I was very like I chose this you know I was doing marketing yeah. and then I chose this specifically so I didn't fall into it as such but I can definitely see in like today's types of jobs how you can very easily fall into that. I think it's
1: comes from trying a bunch of different things and then you sort of naturally gravitate towards the one that you really want to be doing. Mm. We talked about why like building your personal brand is important back in episode four, which is designlife.fm slash episode four. We talked about, you know, how clients find you and how you can make yourself, you know, appear professional, etc. But I'm really interested to know from you, Fem, how you position yourself as a designer online. We've talked about me and my music stuff, but yeah, what are you doing
0: to help position yourself as a designer and within your niche? I think for me, positioning myself as a designer online is actually stopping doing the things that aren't positioning myself as a designer, if that makes sense. So, for example, I used to be on Instagram quite a lot, my personal Instagram account, and I would put up you know, photos of whatever I was doing, really. And since I really started freelancing under the apartment, I've stopped doing that personal Instagram account because I really do want to focus and position myself like at more as a designer and so that's kind of one example of, of what I mean by that but also I've been trying to sort of tweet more about design and have engaging discussions with designers and, and this podcast as well actually really helps position me as a designer. Uh, quite a lot of followers I've been getting recently have been people who've discovered me through this podcast and who are also designers so that, that's also quite cool and I'm sure that you've had that effect as well probably Charlie. Yeah, it's been awesome. I feel like now I can, you
1: know, tweet things about an annoying sketch bug or whatever and I've got, you know, <laughs> designers replying or favoriting it who are also experiencing it too. Like we're building up more of a design community,
0: which is really great. Yeah, totally. So I obviously do say that I'm a designer in my Twitter bio, but you know, as I said earlier, I don't think that's enough, so I do try and tweet interesting articles about design and talk to other designers and share my sketch woes. So yeah, it definitely is about the types of conversations that you have or that you start online. And then also, obviously, the apartment as well helps position me as a designer. I run a Twitter account for the apartment, an Instagram account. I tweet out about my blog posts that are really relevant to the design industry. So all of those things combined, I feel, is what is really helping position me as the designer that I am.
1: Definitely. I think what I need to do more is share actual work. I think with your blog posts and your newsletter and your Instagrams, you always have like little graphics and things in them that is really cool. And I need to actually share some more design work because I tend to mostly do design for my day job and a lot of that stuff I can't share immediately you know because it's a startup and things have to be kept secret for a while so I want to start some little mini side projects of just like you know mini projects maybe taking only an hour each for example of working on some graphics that can you know I can be putting more work out there
0: Yeah, it's funny that you say that actually, because I always feel like I'm not putting out enough of my own design work. (laughs) So that's interesting. But, you know, I always have a goal of wanting to share more. And, you know, I'm similar in that the client work that I do, I can't share until it's live. So that sometimes can be hard as well, because it might look like I'm not putting out any work, but actually I'm constantly putting out work, but it just isn't live yet, you know, so that can also be hard. Yeah, also, too, I find that
1: a lot of, the, like, little bits of design work I do is, like, for the titles of my videos, for example. Yeah, yeah. So they're not something that's good enough to share on their own as a dribble post or anything, but it's
0: just, like, you know, little bits of typography that I do. Yeah, but those all, like, come together to, like, that, that's your brand identity in a way, right? That is that is your personal brand, all those little bits of design work that you do for your yeah. blog and your, your title sequences and whatever all come together to create your brand identity. So I think people do notice that, Charlie. Oh, thanks, (laughs) Vim. So nice to talk to you and catch up after a month of radio silence from me. Yeah, radio silence because podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're so lame. (laughs) No, it's
1: been good to chat and hopefully... Everyone listening to this has, I don't know, is maybe going to think about how they're positioning and identifying themselves as a designer online. Like I said, we'd really love to hear how you first started calling yourself a designer. Share your stories with us. We can be found on Twitter at designlifefm. And Fem, where can people go to listen to
0: our episodes? People can go to designlife.fm, which is our website, and that has all of the previous episodes. And we've also got a contact form on our website, so you can email us at any time. I just want to say thank you to all the people that have emailed in so far. We've been getting quite a lot of emails this month, so sorry if it's taken a little while for us to get back to you. But it's super cool to hear people's stories you know, in detail and questions. So if you want to share your own story or have questions for us, the contact form on our website is a great way to get in touch.
1: And we also use those emails that we get to inform the topics for our future episodes. So, yeah, email in and maybe your question will inspire a future episode. Good chat, Charlie. I'm already looking forward to next week. i talk to you then, Fem. See ya. Bye.